Welcome to the SDA Housing Podcast, brought to you by NDIS Property Australia. Before starting this episode, we need to provide a general disclaimer. Information contained in this podcast is general in nature only. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. You need to consider your financial situation and needs before making any decisions based on the information in this podcast. And you should consider seeking independent and professional advice for your personal circumstances. All right, let's begin. Hello, everybody. My name is Min, and I'm your co-host today from NDIS Property Australia. And you're listening to the SDA Housing Podcast, a show that explains, highlights, guides, and brings awareness about all things SDA in this ever-changing NDIS world. Today, there's three of us here on the show, and it's myself and Debbie and Hello. Charlotte. Hello, ladies. Hi. Hello, Min. Debbie, who we have here as our new special guest speaker here with us. Yes, welcome Charlotte. Charlotte is the newest member to our team. So she is admin support, helping us in all different aspects of our business. So we thought we'd bring her in on an episode first day so she can get thrown in the deep end. And uh, Charlotte is actually going to be asking us a little bit about what makes us different. Now, this is part two of our series, What Makes Us Different. This is because... Erin's been on our back for six months now, asking us when we're going to do part two of this little topic. And uh, we thought, you know, Erin's heading off to Mount Isa for three weeks on her on her little trip for university. And uh, it'd be nice to break break it in by having a new person on the team, one of them, Erin's friends, who now has joined our team, to ask us about who we are, because she really is new to this NDIS world with us. But uh, in this episode, I guess she can hear firsthand from myself and Debbie as to what makes us different, I guess, yeah. So, Charlotte, uh, how are you finding the day so far with us? Yeah, it's been great. I, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Everyone's really lovely. I'm just really happy to be here. Good. Well, if anyone gives you trouble, you let me know, okay? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Particularly this one here, Erin. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. So, you have the questions in front of you. Feel free to choose how you want to and what you want to ask us and we'll go from there. Okay, perfect. I guess we'll get started with what is your vision? No one's ever asked us that question, Debbie. What is our vision of our business here? I think our vision is to help Australia build SDA, full stop, because it's really not easy to do that and a lot of knowledge is needed by all different stakeholders. So that's what this podcast is about. That's what our websites and landing pages and ebooks are about is spreading knowledge and spreading awareness because the more that information gets out to the more people, then the more people can actually build these properties to house Australia's disabled who need these very high-spec properties. But Debbie, if I was was in Charlotte's shoes, being a new person in the office, I would say, well, as a critic, I'd say, well, that's a pretty okay vision, but surely there's everyone else that have the same vision as, as we are doing SDA around Australia. What's so unique about our vision, I guess? Is it any different from anyone else's in the SEA market at all? What, what, what do you think? Well, I think certainly other people who maybe are doing what we're doing in terms of selling it are doing it mainly for the money, for the profit. A lot of investors see the bottom line and the the higher returns. And that's why they get into it. And obviously, that is certainly why we're part of why we're doing what we're doing. You don't run a business without wanting to make profit from it, but. I just see the way that we have developed our 
education materials, if you like. And that is, that's what our vision is about, is just getting the word out. Mm. Charlotte, do you have any questions about that topic there? Is that, is that good enough for an answer for you? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Just kind of backpacking off that, I guess. How does your company challenge the status quo? Ooh. Another hard question that I wrote down many months ago and I, and I have the answer <laughs> yeah. for it. Well, we always, how do we challenge the status quo? So, Debbie, what's, in layman terms, what does that mean, that question? I have no idea. <laughs> well, okay, no, okay, sorry. The status quo in terms of, the, of, of how things are normally done? Yeah, yeah, status quo. Here's a simple answer. Everything that we do in terms of our sales and marketing, our education, our service, the things that we're getting involved with in the NDIS side of things with SDA and non-SDA, I think is done differently. We, we try to think outside the square. We try to deliver the service and the product differently from the rest of the market. And first step really is, is, is in-house. We are all internally here, the staff members here, all 15 of us, we don't come from the NDIS market. We don't come from the property market. Myself and Grace only, really, and Rowan, but everyone else is pretty much outside of this industry here. So we bring a different element of thinking and doing, that's to start off with, and we see what people are doing out there in terms of providers or developers or builders or marketers or, or whatnot, and we try to think differently and do differently, meaning how can we do this differently that's more effective for so that there's more product, SDA product in the marketplace for consumers being the participants and their families and also for the investors as well. So does that answer the question of how we're trying to do it differently, Debbie? Yeah, and I think I'd like to add that I guess when we started on this, we realised that the whole SDA world was a little bit of a kind of a closed club and people were a little bit secretive and they weren't collaborating with other stakeholders in the industry. So I guess that's also how we challenge it. We we do try to bring everyone together and, 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 help. and build those collaborations. Yeah. If someone reaches out to us for help, we'll, we'll help them where we can. Mm. We won't ask for anything back. We just we believe in helping and sharing and collaborating. And that's the, I think that's what people have come back to us with. They say you guys are the best in terms of customer service. You don't ask for anything in return. And, and we try to do our best to help out where we can. I think, Charlotte, that's, if that's a good enough answer, Charlotte, I mean, we try to help where we can, whoever we can, and we don't ask for anything back in return. That's, that's our status quo, the challenge of our status quo out there. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. What is, what are your feasibilities? Okay. So I guess this is in terms of information that we provide to potential investors. We go really in depth in providing the outcomes that they could receive, all the different versions of financial outcomes that they could receive from their investment. And I don't know that other sellers are doing this to the same degree. Other groups that do a very basic feasibility presentation with, uh, you know, if this is a four-bedroom house and this is three HPSs in this house, the gross return is this number and the net return is this number. Very simplistic in that point of view, Debbie. Yeah, and we will give them all the different, not all of the different because there's just too many variables in terms of the funding levels, but we will give them, you know, eight or ten different examples of what it could look like based on different tenancy mixes and taking into account a lot more in, as well as just the income, but all of the different outgoings all the way down to their low repayments. So just giving them a, a real broad overall picture. We, uh, we, Myself and Jess did a podcast about a month and a half, two months ago. What episode number was that? Do you remember? 
126, I believe. Yeah, so if you want to check out the feasibility topic, go back to that topic there. Okay, and if you are talking to our office, Jess and Matt and myself will be normally talking to investors and presenting feasibility spreadsheets as well. So that's where we get really involved now. So that's also a differentiating factor with our, our service. We really get involved with the numbers there. Yeah. So that is a feasibility topic there, Charlotte. And uh, you'll always, um, people can always listen more to that other old pod, podcast there. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. How is your conservative approach? Well, following on from the topic of feasibilities, we really let people know that our approach towards advice and implementation is based upon very conservative outcomes for the investor. And then we don't agree that that's probably the best way to go in terms of talking to investors who are putting out so much money to invest in a property. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Because they, they generally the investors come to us, they've heard the, the big returns, they want to know how they can get that, they want to be achieving 15% growth, a high net, and from the outset we'll say to them, look, that's, that's pretty unrealistic. We take a much more conservative approach to this and this is, this is what we believe you would be more likely to be getting. So, yeah, and look, it's, it's a really a, a major part of, of our sales process with any investors is educating them on on the realities of it, I guess. Mm. And then also, Charlotte, a lot of people do come to us with blocks of land in areas that we may not be active in, and we'll do our, our best to give them some free advice or, or direction as to who they should talk to in terms of designers, architects, and providers, both care providers and housing providers, to give more feedback to them who, as they will be on the ground, those different uh, connections we have. So- you know, we we try not to we try to lower the expectations, if, if you will, to give them more of a realistic outcome for their investment if they do get, do go down this path. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I guess just on that, do you want to go into further? I guess about your honesty with your customers. No, well, I guess being conservative is being honest. It's it's. I would even say that's almost the same thing here, Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. Debbie, do you have anything to add on that topic? Yeah, no, totally. You know, we, we tell it like it is. And I guess that would go into then um, maintaining the integrity of your your company and mm. the customers. Definitely. I mean, that, that is what we're about is, is being open, is being transparent, is being honest, is being conservative. And I think that comes across when, when people do speak to us and that's why they, they come back to us to ask more questions because they know that they're going to get a, a real answer. They're not going to have someone selling them a whole lot of bullcrap. Th- there was a, a gentleman by the name of Ayub, a client from in Sydney. Hi, Ayub. Hello, Ayub. I know you're listening. And um, he he wanted to go into Mandura in Perth, and I was I was telling him, you know, listen to the podcast. We did a provider uh, collaboration with Debbie and them about Mandura, and it was, it was overbuilt. There's uh, the supply coming in, and um, and then I also. Did our own homework, Debbie, that you and I did with another developer who's talked to us as well, who was doing a lot around Perth, and they gave us they gave us their numbers as well. And I went, I went back to this client, AU. I said to him, mate, not only has the report say it and the provider saying it, but we also have inside gosh from other developers who have this information. Like we know it's not the place to go to. Why are you so insistent on listening to this other person, this other marketer, as to why you should be buying a cheap, uh, you know, outer suburb property in Perth? After a month and a half or so, he finally found out from other sources and go there as well. So, and I said to him after all this time, I said, "We don't want you to burn your money and 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 blow it on a, on a bad on a dud deal. 
you know, we're not after a sale here. We don't want, we want you to make sure that you do your homework and you're comfortable mm. and then you do your homework. We do your homework for you as well. So we're very honest with that and we're very conservative. So they go hand in hand. Honesty and conservativeness goes hand in hand, I guess. Yeah. And integrity. And I guess that's what it's all about. We don't want to have one of our investors end up with a property that they can't tenant, that they're not going to make any money off. And I want to say to everyone out there who's listening, there are a lot of people in that boat around Australia who were sold a dream and bought in a cheap location somewhere in Australia and now they can't tenant those houses for whatever reason, right? Um, and I just just be careful. This is a this is a, a complex transaction and you gotta do your homework and you know, and don't believe everything everything whatever else says out there to you. Mm. Yeah. What are your vetting processes like? Mm. Well, I guess firstly we vet the builders and developers that we work with. We talk to other people about those said builders and developers because this, this is a small sector. Everyone knows everyone else pretty much. And if someone is saying asking questions about another company and we've never heard of them and no one else has heard of them, then we got a question, well, why would be mindful of their, them being a startup business? So sorry, what's the question again? I forgot the question. What are your vetting process? Yeah. Um, I think it starts off with Debbie, the data, isn't it? Yeah. The NDIS data to begin with, and then digging to that, and plus finding more data where we can, and engaging other providers who may have data, grassroots data being on the ground there in those locations, because there's always so much information out there that we don't have access to, and neither is everyone else. And if we can get more data, more information, buying it, researching it, investing our time and effort into it, it gives us more insight into the possibilities of a certain area for for vetting. Yeah. So we want to vet the area, vet the builders, vet the providers, providers, vet the actual participants in the area who may have funding already or about to get funding. So it's just we want to vet, get as much information as possible is the key word. Yeah. And yeah. so that really goes into our, our research and data research team that, that go into every bit of data that we can find and every bit of information we can find. The biggest vetting I think we do that no one really talks about is vetting the investor. I was just going to say that. Beat me to it. Why? Why, Mr. Investor, are you doing this? What did you hear? Who did you talk to? Are you sure about this? Can you afford this? What if things go wrong? Can you afford a six-month empty house and repayments on the house, the mortgage for six months? So we're, so we're not after the quick transaction here. We're after the, the, the realistic outcome for the investor, knowing full well what the possibilities are, good and bad and to hold their hand where we can. And that's all we can do. We'd rather have, you know, for every 10 happy, 10, 10 buyers out there, we, we'd rather see 10 happy investors out there, no matter who they are, where they are coming from, rather than 10 unhappy investors for every 10 people. So, yeah. Yeah. What's your networking like? Well, I think that's one of our, our greatest strengths is that we have built a real good network throughout Australia. So we're, you know, virtually in every state, with the builders, the developers, the providers, the SIL organizations, and the investors. So the, uh, the, not just those people, also the assessors, the building designers, and the architects, and everybody who's involved. We're, we're meeting more of them all the time because we're going to conferences and events around Australia. But more importantly, Debbie, Charlotte, we have had 20,000 downloads on the podcast yeah. so that's also bringing in people to us yes so we're almost at 2000 for the month of may 
And, and at the very start, a year and a year and three months ago, it was you know a couple of hundred here and there, and it was just slightly growing. But now, through collaborations with other podcasters, to our e newsletters, to our LinkedIn promotions and audiograms that Erin works hard with the staff to promote, there are people who are just coming to us because they listen to our podcast, and I love it. For example, there's a gentleman by the name of Sam. Sam was the father, I think. Yeah, father and son. They're a big developer in um, in Melbourne. They came to us today. They're about to finish their 340 apartments in Melbourne in the next two months, and they wanted help in getting participants for their 34 apartments. And although we're not being asked to sell anything, we're fine. He's asked us, do we know people how we can help promote and get the word out there to get participants into these apartments? And we're in Spotswood in Melbourne, CBD, and we're happy to help out, happy to. We have a network of providers and investors and participants out there, and we'd like to put the word out there on social media and, and whatnot, just to intro them to um to this developer to help fill up the house, the apartments, yeah. There's an old saying I, I, I keep on repeating all, all my life now, and that is, give without thinking and receive without forgetting. So in this case here, we want to help out where we can, this developer, to fill up the apartments and use our resources, digital and also word of mouth, to help give um, participants in the area around Melbourne CBD an opportunity to live in a, um, a brand new apartment, a, a very lovely apartment complex ready in the next three months, two, three months' time, yeah. Yeah, so I guess ultimately our network is such now that doesn't matter where you are in the SDA world, we potentially can help you with, with whatever it is you're looking to do. We can probably put you in touch with the people that you need to, to do whatever it is that your venture involves. Mm. Charlotte, next question. On that, do you want to go on to your referrals for your we get a lot of uh, referrals from other clients, from other providers as well, uh, from other developers. We just we're continually networking. We're always expanding our network of people who who want to come into the SDA market or or, or become more efficient in, in in their their line of work in SDA. And uh, we believe in helping out where we can, collaborating, supporting, and um, and helping. That's it. I think if we're honest about this, Charlotte, just by helping people out there, participants who who need who need SDA property to live in or, or investors who want to on-sell their property that they don't want to hold anymore, we'll just help where we can and that's it. So our way of doing business is just that we just want to help where we can and that's bringing us more and more referrals. Yeah. And then just my last question is how is your focus different from your competitors? I'll let Debbie do that, Demi. Uh, I guess, again, it comes down to our vision and and the fact that we're – we're more than just a marketer and a real estate agent. Our vision is to bring everyone together in this industry to build SDA. And how different is we actually don't hide anything, Debbie. Yeah. If you if you ring, sorry, you as in an investor, if you were to ring out, ring up and talk to other SDA consultancy groups around Australia who who are doing what they're doing in their backyard and asking for advice or support or guidance or data. Let's see if they really do help out, you know. We have no problem telling people where we operate, what we do, um, what product we have coming on the ground, what's in our pipeline. People ask us, how many have you built and how many have you tenanted? And we tell the truth. We've got nothing to hide, nothing to be ashamed of. The market is the market. Prices have gone up. Things have been delayed. Finance or valuations or tenancies or whatnot. We, we have no problem telling the truth, right? And we're always transparent with how we do business and how business should be done in the SDA market. If it's expensive by builders or, or, or providers, 
we say it as it is. There's no use in beating around the bush. So market conditions will change, be it interest rates, provider, SDA data coming out based upon government you know, funding approvals, costs of construction and labor. Those things are out of our hands. They're market conditions. So we tell it as it is. If it's expensive, expensive. We say it as it is. And uh, we, say, we tell them, you can't afford it, don't do it. No. We're just, again, back to the original point, we're very honest. So how we're different from other competitors is that we are very honest. We're very transparent. If someone rings up and asks us for our stock list and what we're promoting, Debbie, we, we give our stock list straight away. No yep. questions asked. Absolutely. We have nothing to hide. Yeah. So that's what I focus is, is just to be upfront, be open and, and create those collaborations, I guess. Mm. You know, we get about 10 inquiries per day, every day. And, you know, we're at almost 4,000 on a database of investors who are continually talking to us, emailing us, inquiring with us. And I reckon by the end of next year, we'll have 9,000, 10,000, 9,000 investors on a database who just want to know more and more. There is no rush. I want to tell everyone here who's listening, there is no rush for you as an investor to jump in to buy an investment property in the NDIS sector. If you're not comfortable, don't do it. Mm. Take your time. It's going to be here for a while. Yeah. I just actually did a few stats this morning, mm. Min and Charlotte, and I was comparing the number of places in new build SDA compared to the number of SDA-funded participants. Mm-hmm. Across Australia, there is a deficit of 17,500 places. Well, obviously a lot of those participants are living in old dwellings, yes. e- existing and legacy, but if you just look at the number of new build places, yeah, 17,500 people, participants are out there that don't have a place in a new build. Yeah, I know. So that demand is not going away. And there's, there's no rush. Yeah. They're currently in the older homes. They won't necessarily all be moving in the next year. In five years, there'll be a lot more looking. In 10 years, probably even more. Because so. it goes down to two things, Debbie, and, and again, this is people being people, Charlotte. If you're comfortable where you are and you're used to it and you don't like change, why change? That's just normal human behavior. That's number one. Number two, as Debbie keeps telling us all the time, the legacy funding doesn't stop yet until 10 years has passed since the start of the implementation of the NDR scheme in that state. Correct, Debbie? Correct. So therefore, in Queensland here, which began only, what, four? I think it's four years now. Four years ago. Another six. So we've got six years, six years to go until legacy funding stops. So if they are comfortable where they are, Charlotte, they're going to stay where they are until they're kicked out or the funding stops. So obviously, there's a transition period of um, of getting them out of the older houses to the newer houses. Well, number one, there's not enough being built. That's number one. Number two, they're not ready to move yet. Or number three, they don't even know about this thing called the NDIS scheme or, or SDA funding yet. So, you know, it takes time for change. And that's just, I know we're getting off track here, but um, yeah. Our vision, back to the first question, our vision. Our vision is just to make sure that everyone's educated all parties, all stakeholders involved in the whole process are working together. Keyword, collaboration and together and being honest. If our vision truly is to see everyone honestly working collabor- collaboratively together to deliver the SDA housing for all participants around Australia who need help, that really is our vision. Yep. If, we, if we're doing a full circle here, Charlotte, that's the answer. Yep. That is. That's what makes us yeah. different. Yeah. Charlotte, I hope that our answers have uh, 
answered your questions. Given you a bit of insight into us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's given me a lot more insight into your company and what you guys do. Great. We hope you uh, you can stay on board for the long term, you know, and uh, be, be part of what we're doing overall around Australia with uh, the delivery of the, all this housing for people who are disabled. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Yeah, and to our listeners, hope that, uh, yeah, this clarified a few things for you as well as to who we are and what we do. And by the way, one last thing, we're not a provider, okay? We are not. We are a property consultancy business who works with a lot of providers. (laughs) We keep on getting the same question. We don't know what you do. Okay, okay. There you go. Anyway, thank you so much, Charlotte. Thank you so much, Debbie. Thank you. Bye-bye, all. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure you are subscribed and following us so you can keep in the loop with all of our upcoming episodes. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating, a written review, and to share this podcast with those that could benefit. Until next time, catch you on the next episode.